You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to On Deck right here on the Line Star app. It's the MLB DFS podcast. It's me, it's Chris Meany, and it's you, and it's Monday, and we're fresh off of uh, a fun weekend of baseball, which we're going to recap some of that. Uh, Jose Altuve is is in fuego right now and Clayton Kershaw is on the precipice of a return. I don't know, Chris, we went two whole days without a major injury. So maybe I'm starting to feel a little bit better about the baseball season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no more injuries, no more injuries to some big guys, but you're right. Jose Altuve. It was this time last week. I had some questions over at the athletic about Jose Altuve. and What should I do with them? Is he, He's not the same guy anymore. And it's like, listen, just be patient. Maybe you're not going to get so much power, stolen bases from him this year. But when he's on, he's still one of the best hitters in the game. And, and he was on full display last week. He had a total of five home runs. No, six home runs. He had five straight games of the home run and one in there. He had two, two knocks. So, uh, yeah, he's back to being MVP-like yeah. form. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he was going as, as late as the turn or even second round in some drafts, it was just – it was absurd. I mean – the guy was a top five player for two straight years, had almost identical stellar seasons at a weak position, and everybody wanted to write him off. What the hell is going on here? Oh, my God, the recency bias. Oh, so bad. All right, speaking of recency, though, let's go and let's recap the weekend. The Yankees, oh, my goodness, the Yankees lost another home series, Chris. And, you know, we were, we were on the Yankees because of the matchup again, yeah. and I think I've learned my lesson now. They uh, screwed us against the Orioles. Uh, they screwed us against the Tigers. And now they're screwing us again against the White Sox. I, I get it. Uh, no more Yankees. I'm, I've, I've, Yankee pitchers basically are dead to me for the foreseeable future because uh, if you can't go out and beat these lower teams at home, I, don't, I got no time for you, man. I, I think I've been scared straight, Chris. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, they, they got the W on Saturday, but they still only scored four runs, and, and they got a couple of them late, right? I mean, they were shut out for the first six innings of that ball game, And then yesterday, we, you know, we, we met you Carlos Rodon on Saturday for Sunday's, you know, s- slate. We were interested in him, and, you know, his start could have been a, a lot better, but he, he ended up getting the W, and he shut out the Yankees' offense, which is, you know, it doesn't look like a, anything what we thought they would be. I know some guys are close, like Stanton and Hicks are close to returning. But as of right now, if you if you like to, you know, bet underdogs, like find some value, I mean, we keep tossing out the possibility of, of picking on the Yankees at home. They've been huge favorites every time they play at home, and, and they're just very mediocre right now. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. You know, what we were right about this weekend, though, too, going across town for the Mets was, oh, that Jason Vargas game. Him and Nukem, remember how many runs we liked on the weekend edition of that? <laughs> oh, yeah, we got 18 of them, I believe. Oh, he didn't even make it out of the first <laughs> inning. Oh, it's glorious. The walks are all over the place. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, it's rough. It was everything we wanted it to be and more. So if you had shares of the offenses in those games, you did all right. And there were some cheap uh, pieces, too, because there were a lot of guys kind of subbing in that day. So um, that, was, that was a good one. That definitely went our way for sure. The Indians, nothing's going their way right now. I know Carlos Gonzalez got called up, but Corey Kluber stinks. Carlos Carrasco stinks. Trevor Bowers walking everybody. Mike Clevenger's on the IL. Not good right now for the Cleveland Indians. I know they're very excited in Cleveland for football season, as they should be. Maybe uh, 
<laughs> training camp's looking a little early right now, a little, <laughs> a little looking ahead. Oh, man, it's it's so rough there. It really is. And you're just waiting for things to turn around. And I don't know, you know, it, it may take just Lindor. And who knows? We haven't heard anything about him. Well, and let's let's, let's let's hit that because we still haven't heard when he's coming there. And, you know, part of the reason why we recap stuff is because we always talk about trends here on the show and how those trends are affecting daily because right now you're going to see some suppression here coming very soon, I think, from the Indians overall and that suppression certainly extends to jose ramirez who i think if you are a uh, a big baseball nerd you know last year even though the stats overall look very good towards the end of the year there were some things you did not like some trends going in the wrong direction in terms of some of the deeper stats and that's carried over to this year and i think no encarnacion no lindor has really hurt him i guess the question is has he gotten to a point for you chris where you start to buy in because he is a better player than this yeah. But my goodness, I mean, it's 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 a it's rough right now. The price is getting lower and lower. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I think you take the discount. Um, you know, if you're playing daily, I think you take those shots. And and you know, I tweeted out yesterday, maybe he'd break out of his slump against Jacob Junis. It didn't work out. He's hitting 140 on the season. He had a very slow start to the year, or a very slow second half last season. I look at him again today when we get into the matchups as a guy who's a 288 hitter against career left-handed or for his career against left-handed pitching. And as much as I said, like. You know, from Josh Donaldson, we mentioned Josh Donaldson. Eventually, he's going to break out. He broke out in that game against Vargas. Um, he scored three runs. He had a home run. Like, eventually, these guys are going to turn it around. And from a season-long standpoint, I would I would try to get him. I mean, if you're Jose Ramirez owner, there's no point in you flipping him right now. You're not going to get proper value for him. But I think there's definitely a window of opportunity to try to acquire him. Uh, he, he may not turn out to be MVP-like, but he's he's a better hitter than this. And and I got a lot of feedback about Chris Davis, uh, 500 bucks, 500 bucks, ha, ha, ha. I joined a contest over the weekend. I think it was um, a 50-50 on yesterday, and there was over 5,000 people in it. He was 75% owned. Well, and, you know, we had talked about discount. it. I, 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 we had talked about it on the weekend, and we really discussed about – going after that and doing it and we we basically said it's it's a no-brainer if you're going to play multi-entry you might as well have one out there just to see if he gets a couple hits it's a gross return on investment you have nothing to lose if he doesn't because basically it's like a pass you know right. for the 500 600 whatever it was it was it was ludicrous not to so i'm not shocked at all that everybody went that route and of course he delivered which made it really difficult to separate like in a way i guess you kind of wanted him and not really be that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we dragged all those percentage guys with them. Right. Kind of like, well, we got a hit or whatever. It's like, okay, it's fine. Then the rest of the lineups, but all of a sudden it's like, okay, now, all the Chris Davis lineups are in there. Those are the only ones that are competing in the tournaments today. Yeah, it just allows you to do so much. Because when I was putting together my lineup, I wanted to get some Phillies in there. And it's like, ah, oh, it's just so tough. And then Carlos Rodon my pitcher. And I really wanted Barrios. And then just, oh, yeah, Chris Davis is $500. I'm going to save myself so much money and plug him in, upgrade him Barrios. Uh, and he was fantastic. So it's something to think about. I know the Orioles are not playing today. Or they are at 11 o'clock, rather, so you're not going to be able to get them in. But just keep an eye on them going forward. It's like a free square. If he can get you a knock, a, a single or two, and you'll, you'll be on your way. Yeah, Garrett Cole looked like Garrett Cole again, so that's a good thing. We like that. That's certainly something to keep our eye on. And uh, Jacob DeGrom, two starts in a row here of the non-quality variety. So he's starting to have a rough patch for the first time in, I'm going to say, years. Oh, man, because I can actually say that. He's actually had a rough patch in years. Uh, Atlanta's a good lineup, so I don't want to take anything. Maybe maybe he was just excited for Game of Thrones and he wanted to get home sooner. I don't know. <laughs> it's maybe possible. That's what it was. He's like, I got it on the DVR. I got to get on the flight. I got to get back. Where's my HBO Go? 
Somebody get me. All right. So let's get after it and let's take a look at today's slate here. And uh, of course, we've got that 11 o'clock uh, Boston game this morning, right? Which is always fun. You know, the, uh, was it the Patriots Day game or whatever it is? Yeah. So uh, yeah. there you go. That, that's a game that always screws up everything. <laughs> yeah. like, why do they keep doing this? But whatever. Let's get to the big ones here and let's start with Noah Syndergaard versus Aaron Nola. This one's in Philadelphia. Great marquee pitching matchup, but let's be honest. Aaron Nola has not been good this year. Uh, this is a tough ballpark, but I, I do believe that Noah Syndergaard 10K is not a bad investment on the DK side. I really don't. I think there's a, there's a lot of big pitchers on the slate, a lot of big names, but in terms of guys right now, the trust factor, I trust Noah Syndergaard more than I trust Aaron Nola for $400 more. Do you want to sell anybody, Chris, on the opposite end of the opportunity of Nola finally getting right and there being less ownership on him tonight? Uh, yeah, I could, I could get, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're both stud pitchers. We've talked about this before. It's really hard to pick one or the other when they're going up against each other, you know, just to split hairs and get that W. But, you know, if I'm going to lean one side, I'll probably lean with you in Syndergaard because of what I've seen from Nola. I mean, I, I need to see a strong outing from him before I could really just go all in on him. Tournament side, sure. You want to have a couple shares of Nola. I have no problem with that. There's some guys in the Mets lineup who can strike out as well. As same with the Phillies. But for Nola, I mean, eight walks. He's allowed five home runs. He only has 13 strikeouts to his 15 innings. He's given up 14 hits over that span, um, 11 runs. So it's, it has not been good for Aaron Nola. And what I've noticed, too, with the Mets, and we keep talking about them, but I don't think we've really dug deep into their lineup. They, they seem to be go, going under-owned in every single tournament, Joe. Like every week, I think they're an underrated stack. And I know they're against Nola, but even still, they've had some tough pitching matchups this season, and they've had some success. So uh, I know their prices, like Conforto's up at 4.5, Alonzo's up at 4.8, but there's some guys in this lineup, like Nimmo off the top, Cano is going to come around. Well, Cano at just 3.5. Right. Know, Cano is one of these guys, too. It's, he's, he's, just a, he's a great hitter. And yeah, he's going to have a little down thing sometimes and stuff, but I never feel like they give him enough credit in daily fantasy. And it just oh. seems like every year and Ramos back in the lineup too. Yeah. Like you said, you know, Ramos and Cano at three, five and three, six. Those are some pieces right there going against Aaron Nola, uh, where you could even go Cano, Conforto, Ramos in the three, four, five, and really get a fair amount if you want it. Or you could do Alonzo Cano and then skip Conforto if you want to, because of the pricing. But right. I think this Mets lineup right now, I don't think the ownership will be high because I still, be. in people's minds, they see Aaron Nola and they're they're yes. gonna fade away from it. But he, Aaron Nola, hasn't given you any reason to fade away from him yet. So right, you yeah, know. I'm not saying to, to it's a strong stack. I'm saying it's an underrated one. And what and why not just pay to find out to see if Nola really is going through something? Like he, it's not gonna surprise either of us if he comes out and has a, has a pitch as a gem. But for the fact that he has again allowed five homers and eight walks, it's not like him. And the fact that he's at home going up against an underrated offense, there may be an opportunity to continue to ride some of these Mets bats just with the low ownership. All right, here you go. This is the if you feel lucky moment of the show. New Darvish, 7.8K against the lowly Marlins and Trevor Richards. Now, look, there's a ton of strikeouts in this lineup. I know he's dangerous as hell, but it is the Marlins. I, I, Where are you going? I think I'm going to roll the dice. I, I can't. Darvish. I think, uh, well, I mean, it's, let me tell you something. It's in the discussion. <laughs> it's it's, it's got to be because of the price tonight, yeah. too, at 7.8. And there, you, you have to understand that you're absolutely correct if you say, nope, I want no part of it. I'm going to run away because he scares the hell out of me. You'd be wrong. You wouldn't be wrong. I mean, there's, there's no way to, to say that. However, you know, it's getting better 
I feel like the U Darvish thing is getting better. I understand he gave up the four earned runs. I understand that he gave up the two dingers the last time, but he's going a little deeper into the game. He went from the two and a third to the four to the five and a third. So I think he's building stamina. I think with Darvish, the more he's pitching, the better he's going to get as the year goes. Because of the matchup is the one reason where I'm willing to go. Like I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice with it and see what happens. And there was a little extra rest too because of the rain out yesterday. So for me, I'm looking at this as an opportunity. It's definitely one of those, you know, it's a tournament play only, but I, I think I'll roll the dice. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, his price has dropped down so much, even over on the FanDuel side, 7-1. He's right in the middle of the pack. I mean, he's he's cheaper than Trevor Cahill. A great option, with a great opponent. Too. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Like, he's, for example, he's cheaper than Trevor Cahill, who has to go into the Texas, going to Texas face the Rangers, who have a five-team implied total, where for you, Darvish, going into Miami, a spacious ballpark for him, a good chance at a w, w if you can just get those five wins. And then Miami has a 3.8 team implied total. So I think you're right in saying that Darvish, the more we see from him, maybe he shakes off that rush. You got to remember only 40 innings from him last year and they all came in the first half. So it's been a long time since he's been able to put together a few starts in a row. So this is number four. Let's even go a bit deeper. Um, I have no problem taking a couple shots in him in tournaments, take the discount and just see, because if he doesn't figure it out and start in Miami against this Marlins team, yeah, then there's all park. The big time gonna question be marks from him. That's the other thing too about Darvish too. He's never been a cold pitcher, you know, and you, you know, early games in Chicago, that ain't good. You know, no. that's, that's not a good place. And I want, I can't remember where the other start was he had too. I think he had in Washington, which yeah, is was a cold chilly there too. So, you know, get him out, get him down in Miami, <laughs> get him out in a bigger ballpark. And, and especially when we go to this next game with Shoemaker, who's basically the same price on DK. He's 8K, Darvish is 7.8. If you're doing multi-entry tonight, you have two lineups that are identical. You got one that's got Shoemaker and one that's got Darvish because the ownership on Shoemaker is going to be huge tonight, I think, on the salary going against Martin Perez now. I know we, that's a, you know, a hitter-friendly environment in Texas, but Shoemaker's been on a roll. The price is right. I think a lot of people are going to go there. But I think it would be wise in the multi-entry tonight to have the Darvish version of that same lineup because the cost is basically the same. Yeah, that's that's a good call for for sure. And if you're not going to play Darvish and you're not buying into it, you know, take a shot on some other guys that are cheap. Brian Anderson is is an underrated bat, I think, at twenty nine hundred dollars. We've been talking about Castro as well, thirty three hundred. So if you're not going to go well, the Darvish, Neil Walker route, too. I mean, right? Neil Walker's yeah. another guy, three point three. I mean, that we we've done this once or twice already. Yeah. And you're right. That's a great point, Chris. If you are on the opposite end of the Darvish spectrum, then go get him. Yeah. <laughs> go, okay. after him. go after him. I mean, I'm not saying to stack Miami, but you could save yourself some cash by spending down, at, you know, at second, third, or, or, you know, even Neil Walker in there at first, whatever you want to do. Uh, interesting with Martin Perez, who's making his first start of this season. He's got eight innings under his belt, and, you know, he's got a 9.72 walks per nine. This is a guy who really just – he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. He walks some guys. He gets, gets in trouble with home runs. Last year, he allowed 16.85. He is fired up for this start today. He said uh, he's, he's a veteran arm. He didn't come in here to just pitch out of the bullpen. Now, Minnesota had, I think they had like a few days off to start the season, so he was just coming out of the pen. He says he is ready to go today. He has no yeah. limit at all in his pitches, and he guaranteed a win. He marked Messiated. He said he he's going to get away today. And I want to no apologize because in my head, I'm still thinking Martin Perez in Texas. I just can't shake the awfulness. So when I said hitter-friendly environment, I apologize. It's Minnesota, not Texas anymore. Old habits die hard. It's why sometimes I still say San Diego Chargers. Oh, but, it's so easy to. <laughs> but, but Martin Perez, I have, I have such a vision of him being awful for Texas for so long. <laughs> yes. It's a tough thing to shake. But now he can be awful for Minnesota. So I apologize. Uh, that being said, 
Uh, Randall Gritchick is the guy that comes to mind. He's having a terrific season. It's a good matchup for him. I mean, Freddie Galvis right now is hitting the ball well. You want to talk about the sneaky stack? You talked about the Mets before. How about them Blue Jays, too, against Martin Perez? Because I think Galvis, Smoke, Deoscar, Randall Gritchick, those four guys are all in play, all 4.3 or less on the DK side. And I think that's – there's going to be some runs against Martin Perez historically, a very hittable pitcher and not a guy that can get out of his own jams because he doesn't put guys away. He's never been a strikeout pitcher. He never will be. So to me, there's a real opportunity here with Toronto. Yeah, I think there is too. And a lot of people just look at the Jays and they see they're striking out the most in baseball. I mean, they can't generate a lot of offense, but this is a really good spot for them. And you mentioned Galvis. I think that's a really good call from you. His price has dropped, uh, has jumped up considerably, but he's on a heck of a run so far this season. He's hitting 351. Uh, he's getting on base. He's scoring runs. He's even gotten some home runs. He's got five on the year. I mean, I don't. I wonder what number he'll get to. Maybe it's just fifteen. But he's he's got a. He's full gotten to that before, goal. Chris. You know, exactly. like he, he's he's yeah. not a guy that's bereft of talent. He just right. he he hasn't been somebody that organizations want to hand over the job to because there's always been somebody else coming that they had higher exactly. hopes for. So he's he's a decent major league player. He's not outstanding, but he's a decent major league player on a good run. So take advantage of it. And he's a guy who hits good. He hits lefties good too, Joe. Last year, two two ninety one against left-handed pitching in twenty in twenty eighteen. So um, yeah, I think it's a good opportunity. Start you know set the table with some of these Jays, and no one's thinking about him. I'll tell you that. I can't, I can't believe how burned I was to still think Martin Perez and Te- I just I can't shake it out of my head. I just can't. Well, you you're know? not wrong with look at the, I know with Texas forever. His whole like his whole career. I mean, last I year forty two percent hard. I just hit see right. that name and I go up. Oh, yeah, let's go get it's some easy. offense. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy to. Yeah. All right, let's go over to where there's going to be a ton of offensive shares tonight. It's going to be probably the chalkiest of the chalk. You got Dakota Hudson, the young kid, six point two on DK, going up against Freddie Peralta and the Brewers in Milwaukee. Yeah, which has been a little quiet, but uh, look, if you're looking for some breakout time, this is probably where he gets back on track. There's going to be a whole lot of ownership in this game, and with with good reason. Peralta was not good in his last start. Hudson's probably going to be limited, and you know he's a five inning pitcher at this stage in his career. I want to ask you about Paul Goldschmidt because I know he's been a little quieter. The power's still there, but is this the perfect opportunity here in this ballpark for Paul Goldschmidt to kind of, you know, get back on track a little bit? I feel like it is at 4.3. That is a huge Paul Goldschmidt discount. Yeah, absolutely is. And the one thing I noticed about Peralta is, yeah, he can strike guys out, but he is also a guy that gives up a lot of bombs and just a small sample size for him to, to, this is his second year in the, in the majors a 42% hard hit rate, a 52% fly ball rate. So he gives up a lot of contact uh, and it's hard and it's through the air. So this is a good spot for Paul Goldsmith, who is a fly ball hitter, right? Let's be honest. So um, yeah, I think it's a great call and you want to get into the stack. Carpenter is off to a slow start. I was going to say, and even better is Carpenter at 3.8 too. Absolutely. You get those guys back to back here, Carpenter leading off and Goldsmith hitting two, 3.8 and 4.3 respectively on the DraftKings side, that is, that is terrific. I, and DeYoung has only got, I think, three, two games this season without a hit. Like, he's yeah. been very consistent this year, hitting 306 in a really good spot in the order. And on the FanDuel side, too, for those two guys, it's 3.4 for Carpenter, 3.8 for Goldschmidt. So, certainly oh, still wow. within the, the rung, too. Yadier Molina's pretty cheap, too, at 2.7. Just want to point that out. Catcher can always be a pain sometimes if, if yeah. you want to go catcher route. You know, so now you have the catcher slash first base thing on the FanDuel side, you, you know, you tend to want to go the other way, but as a utility bat tonight at 2.7, 
I think that's a responsible guy to get in there on the cheap. We always like to do that in the utility spot on FanDuel. We have like the responsible guy. We did it with Dozier last week. Yes. Uh, we did it with a couple. Who else did we do? It was somebody else last week too when it hit. So we, we've, had a good, we've had a good run with those kind of 2.5, 2.4 kind of players. This one's a little higher, and I know we don't usually go catcher, but it's in the middle of the order with a lot of potential offense in this game. So uh, the Chalky Brewers, are, are, you, uh, are you dancing with them tonight or what? Um, uh, you know what? I kind of lean more on the, on the St. Louis side of things. I have no problem, obviously, with this Brewers lineup. I think it's great. And, and Hudson is, you know, he's given up some contact. He's been great in his three outings. His ground ball rate is, this is a perfect spot for him to pitch. I mean, again, a small sample size, but so far this year, 66% ground ball rate. And you just look at some of his minor league numbers, it's it's much of the same, like 58%, 59%. I mean, one was a very small sample size, but he had 90% ground ball rate uh, in just three outings. So he keeps the ball on the ground. He limits the damage. Uh, so I'm, I'm, if I had to pick between the two, I, I like St. Louis, but I look at the team implied total and I see 5.2 compared to 4.4 in St. Louis. It makes me think, well, Milwaukee's probably going to ha- be able to have some success, some, some success. But, I mean, most of it is just it's on the ground. Like I said, Hudson limits the damage. So I, I'll take a shot on some of these maybe lower-owned bats, some guys that are struggling like Shaw and Aguilar. Uh, I, I like them in the 4-5 spot. I, I feel like in tournaments the, they're not even thought about. It was like Mike Moustakis, right? Mike yeah. Stockis had that slow start. All of a sudden, he hits bombs. And, and we were all over him. that. And that was another yeah. guy, too. That was another utility guy. Was it was. Yeah. When he was dropping down, we said, hey, look, you got to get some of the shares of him. Uh, now, this next one, uh, you might think I'm crazy, but I, I'm, I'm going to hear me out. Okay. Trevor Cahill at 7.7 is another one of these guys, too. Kind of fits in that, that mold that we talked about before where we said, all right, who are the guys – uh, you know that are in that mid to low range and starting pitching tonight that you could do a couple of tournament lineups and make it work and he's 7.7 on the FanDuel side and 7.1 on the DraftKings side and he's gone six innings every time I understand Trout is not in the lineup but he should return today is he going to or is he just back with the team tonight I think he's good I think he's gonna play all right well play. you pay we'll attention see. to that we'll as it goes yeah, because I, I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if he sat one more time. I know he's traveling, so we'll see how that works out. But it's certainly not a, a – it's a little bit ballsy. I think there's a lot of ballsy tournament plays tonight in play, and I think Trevor Cahill's one of them because Shelby Miller stinks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as much as I don't love the Angels' offense, I, I think they can muster enough here potentially. And Trevor Cahill's been decent, and he was decent last year too when people kind of didn't realize it. Yeah, it's it's just really been a matter of health, I think, for Trevor Cahill. Like every time I feel like he he gets going, he just something just seems to pop up for him, and, and an injury happens. So I think what we're looking for, Joe, is strikeouts. And you know, Texas top ten strikeout right in baseball. In fact, top five looking at it right now, um, and also um, struggled lately. So there's some you know, if you're looking at just swing strike percentage with Trevor Cahill, like he's up near the top for his career double digits uh, last year, 11.7 so far this year, 11. So I think it's a good opportunity to rack up a few strikeouts Some decent underrated call by you. Yeah. I'm going to stay away from the Texas lineup too. Cause I think if I, if I believe in Cahill, no matter what, right. even if yeah. I'm not, yeah, even if I'm not starting Cahill, I believe in Cahill enough that I think he's going to give them a little bit of trouble, even in that ballpark. Uh, you know, the bottom of that lineup isn't very good. I think I'm just going to stay away from them altogether. Now, Something we joked about, our, our favorite member of the Office Space cast, Heath Filmeyer, is back for more. And, oh, boy, we trolled him last time. and We got five oh. runs and three innings out of him, which was great. We thank you, Heath. We, we appreciate you. And we'd love to have you visit us again today on Monday. 
Now, keep in mind, you know, there's some wacky weather going on, especially in the East Coast. So just keep that in mind as you're looking through tonight's games. And, you know, we'll hit anything if we get any word about anything during the show. Obviously, we'll get that information to you. But, look, here he is going against Irvin Santana. If ever there was a time to get into some offense with these two teams, it's now. This is it. Here we are. Let's do it. And, look, Yo Moncada has feasted off a of bad pitching this year. It's a great opportunity for him to continue to feast off that bad pitching, so I like him for sure in this one. And uh, honestly, the only trouble is Mondesi is too expensive at 5.1. Witten Merrifield at 4.6 is easier to deal with. Mm-hmm. But I, I wish there was more I could get excited about on the Royals side, but I really can't because they're not a lot of great bats. So I'm, I'm at a crossroads here. How do I, I approach this? I don't love these bats, but I think there's going to be offense tonight. So what do I, I do, Chris? I know. That, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel have done a really good job here because you're right. There's going to be some runs scored. Currently a 9.5 total. It's, the, it's tied for the second highest total on the slate. You see Chicago 5.1, Kansas City 4.5. But I know. I, did, I thought the exact same right, thing Polka as you. Polka sucks. Like, Aloy is – you know what? Aloy and Tim Anderson are, are on an upward trend right now. Yeah, so maybe you hope that that kind of carries over. I mean, they're better. Pri- they're better. You know, well, here you go. You got yonder, yonder and Aloy at three point nine each, and then Tim Anderson at four five. Yeah, maybe that's this chunk of the lineup you want tonight. Maybe you want four five six there. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so tough to spend four five on Anderson when you can just spend four three on Jose Abreu. Um, I know it's just different positions, but. And and Anderson, we, we mentioned him, too, heading into the weekend. He had a grand slam on Sunday. He continues to hit the ball well. So this is a good spot. You want to continue? I mean, if you play on FanDuel, Jimenez at three and Anderson at 3-8. Alonzo, who had a successful weekend, he's 2-6. Abreu is 3-1. Like, there, there are some strong, strong discounts over on the FanDuel side if you play over there for the White Sox. And I just look over – and I see the Royals, and it's like Alex Gordon is off to a great start, but he's 4-2. Are you kidding me? I never yeah, would have like, imagined that he would no be There's no quarter. There's no quarter. There's nowhere for you to hide. It's no, really, it's crappy. It's really like it. Yeah, I would rather stack the White Sox and spend up for their bats. I really would against Filmer. I, that's that's the way well, that – I, I mean, I once he's out go. in the third inning again, then you're going to get that bullpen for a long exactly. time. It's going to be beautiful. So and The White Sox have a, a they have an underrated bullpen. They have well, they hit home runs there. too. Yeah. You know, there's some power in that lineup. McConaughey, Brayu, even Alonzo, Jimenez has power. Anderson's got some power, not consistent, but there's definitely some guys. All right, let's go to uh, Colorado Rockies. Sensatella against Joey Lucchese. Um, I'm staying away from this one from the pitchers, but it was nice to see Arenado get on the board home run-wise. Uh, slow start to the year, but he's got a matchup against the lefty, and you know Arenado just feasts off those guys. Uh, on the Padre side, offensively, same kind of thing. It's like you're looking around, you're trying to figure it out. You got the righty righty matchup. It's a pretty middle of the order, is very right handed, heavy for San Diego. Not loving this one in terms of total. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I don't see a, a lot of offense here. Colorado has been really slumping. You mentioned Arenado breaking out of that slump, but you know this is a team that you, you look at them and you think of them. This is a team that destroys lefties. They they have their way, but they've really just been you know, striking out the sixth most time in baseball, the fifth most against lefties. It's just those two guys, Arenado and Story, in that lineup who really crush lefties. Blackman, of course, can have his way, but they've just had such slow starts that I've been picking against them. But Lucchese's not a he's not a huge strikeout guy. He could rack up a few, but I kind of just stay clear of all this. Keep an eye on Will Myers. I know he missed the last couple games with an injury. He could get back in the lineup. What's interesting to me about San Diego's lineup is Manuel Margo is he's been hitting top of the order over the past few days. Like Ian Kinsler has lost that opportunity. He's lost that spot. He's projected to hit eighth now. He's been hitting seventh. So Margo has hit a couple home runs. He's not that type of guy, but just 
if you're looking at somebody who's going to maybe just get another plate appearance or at bat in what is an underrated lineup moving forward, somebody to think about because he's priced pretty accordingly. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, let's go to uh, my favorite guy, cash game. And, and I know we, we've saved this matchup too. I mean, it's late, but we've also kind of saved it because this is the big one everybody wants to talk about too. With the return of the glorious Clayton Kershaw, and you're getting a zero discount on him. Zero. Zero, yeah. <laughs> How deep is he going to go today? Like, I don't know, but that's my problem. Look, yeah. Luis Castillo has been great. Luis Castillo is less than Clayton Kershaw on DraftKings, okay? Yeah. Now, that's just, that's just begging for it. Just begging for it, and I'm the one who's going to do it. You know, <laughs> Luis Castillo, my favorite cash game pitcher on the night, uh, and it's, it's not something I'm going to apologize for. I'm, I'm going to be unabashed. I've been right every time, and I understand LA's had a great start to the year. I, I get that, but I don't care. I don't care. I mean, and on the FanDuel side, too, Luis Castillo, 8,800. Clayton Kershaw, 10.8. What? <laughs> Go home, FanDuel. You're drunk. <laughs> I mean, it's basically been a perfect, perfect start to the season for him. 25 strikeouts and 19 what innings. What does this guy have to do, Greg? He's got a point six. Six whip and a .92 ERA. And, you know, this is the matchup. I'm very, very interested to see what kind of performance he's going to have against the Dodgers. You know, it's a good ballpark for him, but the Dodgers don't strike out at all, and they've been just mashing home runs. But, um, you know, for Castillo, all three of his starts have been in at home, right, in Cincinnati, which is not a great ballpark. Yeah, for but you know what? Historically, he actually has a better home ERA than a road ERA for his career. A lot of people wouldn't think that, but if you go and you peel in the numbers, you'll see it. The career ERA is actually lower at home of all places for him. Very interesting. And it'll and a little nugget for you. There you go. There you go. And but what I'm saying is like he's still had success. Yeah. So I mean, you back it up there with the numbers, but. The fact is he's still had success in what has been a tougher ballpark than any other ballpark that you know he's going to face or that he's going to be pitching, which starts tonight in L.A. against the Dodgers. And well, that let me offense, tell you something. So. I'm, I might just go all in here. I might go Castillo, Puig, Suarez, Kemp, and just well, go at it. Kemp it'd be crazy not to, to go LA. Puig, right? Kemp going go. back to L.A., Puig going back to L.A., getting a shot at Kershaw with their best pitcher on the mound. You give it to me, man. The crowd's going to be live. They're going to be excited for Clayton Kershaw, and I think – the Reds are going to rain on their parade. I really do. Because even if Kershaw's good, like you said, what are you expecting out of him? Five innings? He ain't going six plus tonight. That ain't happening. Not the first shot of the gate. They got way too much invested in him this year. To do the that. only way he would go six is if he just, yeah. He, oh, he was just super quick, economical. Quick, quick outs. But yeah. Joey Votto on his own is going to see 25 pitches. Exactly. So. And you know, Puig, <laughs> Puig hit his first home run of the season yesterday. Some of these Reds bats are starting to heat up, right? We, we said that. It was that series against Miami. Looking here, 14 runs, five runs, uh, another five yesterday against St. Louis. So, some of these bats are starting to heat up a little bit. This is going to be a fun ball game to watch. Two nice pitchers going toe-to-toe. Uh, and, again, some of these Cincinnati bats are just – I think they're great tournament options. I agree. And because they got power, you know. Yeah. guy like Puig can have a huge night. A guy like Kemp can – you know, at a 3.3 on DK especially, where the offense has been a little tight on DK this season in terms of pricing. Oh, it has. This is a, that's a loose spot right there that you can go target with Matt Kemp. Uh, all right, last one of the day, Trevor Bauer. 10.4 versus Yusei Kikuchi and the Seattle Mariners 7.7 on the DraftKings side. And looking at this, you know, Bauer had some walks in his last one. The one thing in this game, look at Hanager, even with a tough matchup on the weekend on Sunday, he still came through with a, a home run against Cole. Hanager is still a, a terrific player. You know, I, I love him all the time. I always want the Mitch Hanager, but mm. in this one overall, with Trevor Bauer on the mound, I think there's other options tonight where as good as Seattle's been, I feel like they're going to start to slow down a little bit 
And the one piece of this game, I don't think I want to invest in, but I've got my eyes on Carlos Gonzalez is hitting in the three hole. And right now he's only 3.5 and there might be a short window where he's really inexpensive. And if he has a hot start to the year, Chris hitting the three hole, it's something I'm going to pay attention to and start to have shares of, but not tonight. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to say against the lefty Kikuchi, not tonight. But I yeah. just want to see it. Or, you know, this is one of those things like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I want to see how he does out of the gate. For sure. And, yeah, I was actually looking at him last night. Because that's the exact same thought process I have is some of these guys that, you know, for, for Cargo, who's just obviously played his first game yesterday, and some other guys that are slumping, especially in this lineup like Jose Ramirez, I want to jump all over it. But, yeah, I was looking at – Gonzalez over the past couple of years doesn't hit lefties all that well. I mean, 2017 was a decent season for him and, and he only hit 206 off lefties. And then last year he only hit 259. So it's not a good spot for him, but yeah, keep in mind going forward. I think Jose Ramirez, I, I, I'm with you. I'm going to stay away from this game altogether. I like Trevor Bowers. Just, he's not getting the run support. He's walking some guys, but he has the potential to win you a tournament every single night that he takes the ball. 100%. I really do feel that 11.2 on FanDuel. It's just too much. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's on, too and, much. and just to inverse too, Jose Ramirez is 3.1 tonight on FanDuel. Carlos yeah. Gonzalez is 2.9. Now, I will right. say this. Jose Ramirez at 3.1, you want to talk about a utility filler? Yeah. That works for me. 288 against lefties for his career, 329, Joe, in 28. Yeah, and that's the whole point. Like, you know, at a certain point, it gets so low that I think I want to to dance a little bit there, and I think I will. And the reason is because now when you get a legitimate guy like Carlos Gonzalez in the middle of that order, say what you will about him. He's a professional hitter. He always has been. Yeah, the numbers outside of cores haven't been as good. Of course not. No one's are. But at the same time, I think there's opportunity there with Carlos Gonzalez, at least his presence in the order, that it lengthens the order a little bit and it makes somebody really have to work a little harder. And then eventually when Lindor comes back and you start adding these guys in, it's going to be different. But right now I'm not saying Carlos Gonzalez is the difference maker, but maybe tonight because of the suppressed pricing, Jose Ramirez on the FanDuel side at least is worth entertaining. So to recap everything, Luis Castillo and the Reds. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw. Boo. Uh, We're not uh, thinking he's going to go very long in this game. We shall see what happens with that. Uh, We're fading Seattle. Who's been good this year. We are going for the White Sox in that Royals contest there, even though Irvin Santana sucks too. We're going to go ahead with our, uh, <laughs> with our guys in the middle of the White Sox order. Uh, there's going to be a ton of offense in Milwaukee. Uh, we're going to stay away from that just because it's a little chalky. The ownership's going to be super high. Although Carpenter and Goldschmidt, we might have to break down and go on that end of it as well. Uh, Trevor Cahill, sneaky guy, along with Shoemaker and you Darvish, if you have the cojones to do it. And – we are going to uh, troll Aaron Nola until he proves differently because uh, so far, I got to say, we like Syndergaard. Before we go, Chris, uh, betting-wise, what do you see on the board tonight that you want to put some cash on? I'm going to take the Cardinals as a road dog. Um, I'm feeling their offense against Freddie Peralta. I think there's going to be some bombs there. If you're not comfortable with that, I think the over certainly could hit at nine and a half. I'm going to take the Cubs on the road. I'm going to side with you, Darvish. I'm going to have them in a couple tournaments. I'm going to uh, trust that the Cubs offense can do enough and give them some run support. So I like that as well. I'm going to take the over in the, in the Texas and the Angels game at 10 and a half. And why not just jump on I'm going to jump on board with you with Castillo and the Reds I'm going to take them as road dogs as well plus 140 right now on the road in LA it's going to be a tough matchup and give me the White Sox at home hey how about the road dog of the Blue Jays against the Twins and Martin Perez huh 
Yes, I just uh, uh, I think Shoemaker on. could have a really good showing. Uh, right. I just Martin uh, Perez. No you know what I think is going to happen there? Martin Perez. Yeah, what? I think Minnesota's just going to score a couple runs late against that Blue Jays bullpen. Yeah, well, you're probably that'll, right. That'll you're be right. That's probably it. All right, so that'll do it for us. Make sure you're subscribing to the show on deck right here on the Line Star app. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It's on uh, everywhere you could get podcasts. So if you enjoy the show, please like it, share it. And uh, give us a five-star review because we appreciate it. And when you subscribe, you know exactly when the show comes out. Uh, we'll announce the winner of the giveaway uh, that happened on Friday. And if you want more stuff given away, tweet us. And uh, we are continuously taking, uh, taking suggestions from you folks. We've been doing the recaps. Do you have somebody who's a lock-to-go yard tonight? Oh, that's a good one. Um, that's one yeah, Goldschmidt. That's, that's it. We talked about him so much. Why not Paul Goldschmidt? He's I like it. I like yard. that. I'm going to go Matt Kemp, sticking it to his old, uh, his old teammate. There That'd you go. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for me and Chris. You can follow us on Twitter at LineStar app at JoePizzaPia17 and at Chris Meany. There's only one thing left to do, and that's step out of the on-deck circle and step into the box and go yard. We'll see you next time, kids. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany.